91.3 FM Stereo Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to this segment. This is, of course, Lines of Sahaba. Uh, we continue our look at the Battle of Yarmouk. Uh, and of course, uh, the army headed by the Honorable and uh, illustrious Khalid bin Walid, one of the heroes of Islam, alhamdulillah. And tonight we're looking at the end of the Battle of Yarmouk as the Muslims are moving to Syria, inshallah. To take us through this, we have Sheikh Riyad Fatar, who is the Imam of the Hussami Masjid Adin Kravenbi. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam, rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. And to all of the listeners, ahlan wa sahlan, Muhammad Faseeh. Yeah, when we hear the jingle, Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu that must be in your mind Sheikh indeed also and Sheikh just take us through obviously we can't speak about the whole nasheed but just give us a few words in terms I, of what it means okay you're going to jump actually that comes at the end <laughs> when we finish with all of this okay inshallah okay, inshallah. so we'll keep everybody in suspense till the end inshallah inshallah but of course uh, Sheikh tonight we're speaking about the battle of Yadamuk one uh, that I think kind of really uh, shook the Muslim army in the sense of the difficulties they experienced but never shook their faith alhamdulillah and uh, and tonight we're speaking about the end of this battle and moving to Al-Quds moving to Jerusalem inshallah Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf wa mursaleen Sayyidina wa nabiyya wa maulana muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jama'in Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani afkaw kawli um, respected listeners, Muhammad Fasih, Hanti Abida, after Yarmouk, yani, it is like you said, it was a heroic battle. It was a major battle. The battle of Yarmouk, um, and it was a great victory for the Muslims in terms of numbers, in terms of heroism and bravery and all of that together. So after Yarmouk, the remnants of the Roman army withdrew in haste to northern Syria and the northern part of the Medi- Mediterranean coast. Uh, obviously the defeated soldiers of Rome, those who survived the horror of Yarmouk, they were in no fit state for battle. And then when we look at the victorious soldiers of Islam, they were also in no state of fit state for battle either. So yani, in early October 636, it's this late Sha'ban, it is the 15th year of the Hijrah, and Sayyidina Abu Baidah calls a council of war. What is going to be the future plans? The opinions that comes on the table is the area Caesarea and the other one is Al-Quds, Jerusalem. Which way? So Sayyidina Abu Baidah he could see the importance of both these cities. And um, both these cities had resisted all Muslim attempts at capture. So he's unable to decide the matter and he writes to Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab anhu, asking for instructions. In reply, the Khalifa anhu, orders that the Muslims go to Al-Quds first. They go to Jerusalem first. 
so therefore Abu Ubaidah radiallahu anhu marched towards Jerusalem, marched towards Al-Quds with the army from the area called Jabia and Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu with his mobile guard is leading the advance. The Muslims arrived at Jerusalem at Al-Quds around early November. Now when we say early November then it means if you figure out then it means it took them a month to travel. A month to travel they left in late Shaban, so which means they are already in Ramadan. And they are moving on the road. And the Roman garrison, they withdrew into the city. Why mention all of that? Because some, we close to Ramadan and sometimes we think the difficulties that we face in Ramadan is serious difficulties. While in the time of the Sahaba, they traveled on the road. They were involved in battles. They lost their lives. They lost their limbs and things like that. So... The siege now continues for approximately four months and there is absolutely no break. Then the Patriarch of, of Jerusalem, a, a man by the name of uh, Sophronius, he offered to the, uh, surrender the city, pay the jizya, but there's going to be one shart, there's going to be one condition. It will only be the Khalifa himself that he is going to hand the city over. No one else. He would sign a pact with him and it will be the Khalifa of the Muslimin that is going to receive the surrender. So when these terms came to the Muslims, Sharah Bil he suggested, look, Sayyidina Umar Anu, he's sitting in Medina, Al-Madina Al-Manawara. And we can't wait for him to come all this way. What we do is we'll send Khalid ibn Walid. Send him as the Khalifa because Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Khalid Anuma, they were very similar in appearance. And the people of Jerusalem, they would only know Sayyidina Umar by reports that they've heard. Right? So maybe they could be mistaken by the substitute. So the Muslims, uh, yani, they would, they're going to say that, uh, you know, the Khalifa, he's already here. Lo and behold, the man is here and he's coming, he's coming. Right. So the following morning, the patriarch was informed that the Khalif of the Khalifa's presence and Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid anhu dressing up in the simple clothes and the poorest of material because this was the norm of Sayyidina Umar. He never dressed up with any fancy clothes. He rode up to the fort for talks with this patriarch. But, Muhammad Fasir and respected listeners, it didn't work. It didn't work. Khalid ibn Walid was too well known. Everybody knew him. And there may have been Christian Arabs in Jerusalem who had visited Medina al-Munawwara and saw both Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Khalid. And they would know the difference. Also, the patriarch must have wondered by himself, how did this great Khalifa just happen to be here at the time when he was needed? How did that happen? Anyway, the trick was discovered. The patriarch refused to talk to him, to Sayyidina Khalid, Rajalanu. And Sayyidina Khalid, Rajalan now reports to Abu Ubaidah, Rajalanu, that the mission has failed. It's not working. So, Abu Ubaidah, Rajalanu, writes to Sayyidina Umar, and, and he tells him about the situation and invites him to come to Al-Quds and accept the surrender of the city. Now, we're going to go into two riwayas that deals with the story of Sayyidina Umar coming to the city. The first one is a very famous one that we all know. And that is that Sayyidina Umar came to Al-Quds 
accompanied uh, by just a, 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 a person that was with him, only person that was with him, a servant, he took uh, a ride and the servant would take a ride on the, on the camel and so on. And we know that when it came to um, Al-Quds, when they came to Jerusalem, it was the servant's turn to ride. And as a mark of respect, he got off the camel and he wanted Sayyidina Umar to then ride into the city. But Sayyidina Umar, he completely refused. And he entered Jerusalem on foot with his sandals under his arms. Under his, under his arms. And this is how, that, so this was a shock. This was a surprise to everybody, including this patriarch, Sophronius. And uh, reaching the, the place, and Omar Jalanu continued the journey on foot, right? Like we said, carrying his shoes under his arms, and the people were amazed. Everybody was looking down, the Muslims saw the spectacle, and they went, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Sayyidina Umar, you know, he was wearing very moderate clothes. It was clothes that were stitched and so on. So the Christians, they watched everything from the walls of Jerusalem. And they were astonished because of the simplicity of the man. And they asking themselves, this simple man, is he the leader of this well-equipped army? How can this be? So... Abu Baidah, he couldn't contain himself anymore, right? Because he's now seeing this uh, uh, humility from Sayyidina Umar's side, and he comes forward and he says to Sayyidina Umar, you know, you performed a great deed today, but, you know, perhaps you could have put on another abaya and maybe be on the camel so that the people can see that this is the leader of the Muslims that are coming in. So Sayyidina Umar anhu tapped him so on the chest and he said, if it was anybody other than you that said this, but Abu Baida, and he said the following famous words, إِنَّ كُنَّ أَذَلَّ قَوْمٍ فَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ فَمَهْمَ إِبْتَغَيْنَ الْعِزَّةَ مِنْ دُونِهِ أَذَلَّنَ اللَّهِ Says that we were a humiliated, despicable people. And Allah had given us honor and status by Islam. And if we're going to look for honor and status other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will make us low again. Now that was Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So, the patriarch Sophronius is looking at all of this and it, with great admiration. And he says to his people that nobody in the world would be able to stand up to these people, these Muslims. So therefore, I'm advising you that the best thing for us is to surrender. Is to surrender. Negotiation took place and the famous treaty was concluded and it was called Al-Aqt Al-Umariyah. Meaning the Umar, Umar for Umariyah. The Umariyah Covenant. In fact, some of historians says that this treaty is still preserved today in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. That is in Jerusalem. At this time, the Christians requested that the Jews, who were not there before the conquest, they must be forbidden to stay and enter Jerusalem. And said Omar accepted. And in these parts, said Omar then offered members of all of the different faiths safety 
in Al-Quds, protection for their beliefs, their holy places will be protected. Nobody is allowed to desecrate or destroy any of the holy places. So after the treaty was signed, the key to the city was family, formally handed over in the year 637. 637 AD, the gates of Jerusalem were open and Sayyidina Umar anhu had now entered with the Muslims, entered Al-Jerusalem. When inside the church of the Holy Sepulchre, we also remember the story that it was time for Salah, and said now Umar was, uh, uh, wanted to make Salah, and this uh, Sophronius then told him, oh, make Salah in the church. Now here again, one has to see the greatness of Islam and the tolerance and, and generosity from the leaders of Islam and from Sayyidina Umar anhu. And he tells them, no, I'm not making Salah in your church. I'll make Salah outside of the church. Because in years to come, people are going to say, this church belongs to the Muslims because Umar made Salah in this church. And see how Sayyidina Umar was his power vision. Until today, the church still belongs to the Christians untouched. Untouched, called the Holy Sepulchre. So Sayyidina Umar anhu then made Salah outside of the church. And it shows, you know, it shows tolerance, it shows generosity in a time of victory, in a time of strength. And that is the greatness of Islam. That is the spirit of Islam. And you see that coming through in the akhlaq and adab of Islam. In the ethics and the morals of Islam, there's firmness, there's courage. Sayyidina Umar is showing all of that. Then after that, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu then asked him, where's Masjid Laksa? And was shown, and the place was covered in dust. It was covered in leaves and debris and what? And the Khalifa himself, the Khalifa himself rolled up his sleeves and started cleaning out Masjid Al-Aqsa. Cleaning it out, the Muslim army and the Muslim general sourcing, they all jumped in cleaning the place and so on. And they all made salah there and then Sayyidina Umar anhu ordered for the restoration of the masjid. And from then on they started making salah in there and you know, this was the most peaceful manner that Al-Quds was conquered and the great status of the masjid was restored. Most peaceful manner. Because under Sayyidina Umar's generosity, those who wanted to leave, they were allowed to leave so with all of their possessions. Nobody's going to touch them. Those who opted to stay, they were guaranteed protection for their lives, their property, their places of worship. In actual fact, Sayyidina Umar later reversed the 400-year Christian ban on Jews, according to the historians. And he allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem and he granted the Christians free use of the holy sites. So therefore he turned Al-Quds, turned it into a city where Jews, Christians and Muslims lived in tolerance, lived in peace. There was no massacres under the Muslim rule. There was no burning. There was no looting. There was no desecration of the holy places. Nothing. Muslims protected the holy sites of Christians as well as the Jews and today, when you look at today, you see how the masajid is being destroyed. See how even Christian places of worship are being destroyed. And throughout the Muslim rule, where the Jews had been denied access before, 
they were now uh, uh, allowed. So throughout the Muslim rule of Jerusalem, which some historians put from 637 to 1917, uh, there's two short periods in between, Jerusalem had maintained its title of the Holy City. Of the Holy City. Sure, also what is significant for me, if I look at this, uh, this account, is the fact that we all know uh, we've experienced the Alhamdulillah, the Night of Miraj, not too long ago. Hmm. And we think about it, this was the place of ascension for the Nabi Muhammad. And here Sayyidina Umar being given the opportunity, Alhamdulillah, to once again, once again restore Masjid al-Aqsa in the holy cities, the place where the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ascended to, uh, ascended, uh, to, to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in yes. a sense. So uh, I think so that's one very significant thing for me. Mm. I, if, I don't know if she could perhaps uh, um, give clarity on this, but there is accounts also of uh, Sena Bilal giving adhan. Uh, We're coming to that. You're jumping me tonight, <laughs> Muhammad Fasih. Ju- that's just the secondary wire. Inshallah. That's the secondary wire. And the time is running. Ne? The time I is running. I see you watching my time. Right. I will allow me to, to mention at least that this is how the Muslims took over. When mm. the Crusaders came in the year 1099, they slaughtered the people without discrimination. Slaughtered the young, slaughtered the aged, slaughtered men, slaughtered women. People ran, and it is said by some historians, were about a hundred thousand in Masjid al-Aqsa, and they were slaughtered there. Let's get too quickly to the secondary wire, Muhammad Fasih. Our time is running. Secondary wire says that Sayyidina Umar anhu first came to a place called Jabia. That uh, Sayyidina Umar came with a handful of his companions, and that was one of four journeys to, to Syria. Came to Jabia, he was met by uh, Abu Baidah, Khalid, Yazid, um, Amr ibn al-As, who he was left as the commander. And this is how they approached. Um, Khalid ibn Walid, Yazid, and, and, and Yazid ibn Muawiyah, they were dressed up nicely and Sayyidina Umar looked at them, threw them with a couple of pebbles and so on. <laughs> says, what is this? And so on. And after their discomfort, they showed, now look, our weapons are still underneath this <laughs> clothing and so on. Abu Ubaidah dressed very simply. He was unaffected by worldly things and so on. And he, they embraced each other and so on. And from Jabia, Sayyidina Umar, he proceeded to Al-Quds. He was accompanied by generals and the escort. And the arrival at Al-Quds was a great moment for the Muslim soldiers. A great moment. They rejoiced at the sight of their ruler. They made takbir. The next day, Sayyidina Umar sat with a large group of his companions, talking this, that, and then it came time for Salatul Duhar. Now amongst them was Sayyidina Bilal. Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, we know he had suffered many tortures in the early days of Islam. Um, unbelieving the way the Quraysh had, had, had tortured him, but this is a person whose iman remains steadfast. Remains steadfast. When the institution of Adhan was adopted in the second year of the Hijrah, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, appointed Bilal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, as the Mu'addin, and thereafter five times a day, the powerful and melodious voice of Sayyidina Bilal, radiallahu anhu, could be heard at Medina, calling everybody to Salah, and so on. Over the years, Sayyidina Bilal had risen in stature and is seen as a very salih Muslim. Um, in Ashafaq, he had become one of the closest of the Sahaba of the Nabi And when the Nabi had gone to the Rahmah of Allah Ta'ala, Bilal had fallen silent with no more than. 
Dadan had stopped from him. He wouldn't call the Adhan anymore. So now everybody is in Al-Quds. Everybody is in Jerusalem. And the Sahaba felt that this was an occasion strong enough, important enough for Sayyidina Bilal to break his silence. To break his silence. So they approached Sayyidina Umar anhu and said to him, Ask Sayyidina Bilal that he must do the Adhan for us. And Sayyidina Umar anhu he turns to Sayyidina Bilal and said, Ya Bilal, the Sahaba of Rasulullah Wasallam, they are imploring you to call the Adhan and remind them of the time of the Prophet Wasallam. And, and it was for a few moments as if Sayyidina Bilal he, he, he looked like he remained lost in thought. And then he looked around him and he looked at this eager faces. He looked at the Sahaba, he looked at the thousands all waiting for him and all coming to do Salatul Jama'ah, Salat and Jama'ah. And he stood up and he's now going to call that Adhan again. And the glorious voice of this illustrious Mu'addin beat down upon the multitude. And he started off with Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. You know, the minds of everybody turned to the Nabi Alayhi They loved the Nabi Alayhi The tears welled up in their eyes. When they heard this Adan thinking of the Nabiism, when Bilal came to Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, everybody broke down in tears. All of the soldiers, everybody around, they broke down in tears. They couldn't hold themselves when this Adan comes from Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And so the pact was drawn up. It was signed on behalf of the Muslims by Sayyidina Umar anhu. It was witnessed by Khalid, Amr ibn al-As, Abdurrahman ibn Auf, and Sayyidina Muawiyah anhum. And Jerusalem surrendered to the Khalifa and peace returned to the holy city. And like we said, this happened in April 637. And it was the 16th year of the Hijrah. It was the month of Rabiul Awwal and after staying 10 days in Jerusalem, Sayyidina Umar anhu now returns to Al-Madina Al-Munawwara. Jazakallah, shukran so much, Sheikh Fariyad. I think uh, the uh, is is a very uh, quite a multitude of uh, uh, moist eyes now, as people are listening to the radio and thinking yeah. about this momentous occasion, Subhanallah. And just to think that the Ashab at that point in time they were reminiscing that a few years ago the Rasul was still with him, and this Adhan for Sayyidina Bilal represented the moment we we would make Adhan, the Rasul would come out of his exactly. Subhanallah, out, exactly. of, out of his quarters. So Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, once again a reflection of the love of the Sahaba for Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And I want to emphasize also Muhammad Fasih and the love of the Nabi wasalam, to his companions. Indeed. Because if, if we don't know this history, then it might be that we speak ill of the companions when we don't even know what we are talking about. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all min al-muttaqeen wa min al-muhsineen wa min ibadi al-saliheen and uh, with the jameel that is sick 
And all those that are sick, we make to Allah Ta'ala grant them shifa. All those that have passed on, Allah Ta'ala grant them all jannatul firdaus. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jama'in. Allahumma rabban nas adhib al-ba's. Ishfi anta shafi la shifa illa shifa'u ka shifa'an la yugadiru saqma. Allahumma rabban nas adhib al-ba's. Ishfi anta shafi la shifa illa shifa'u ka shifa'an la yugadiru saqma. Allahumma rabban nas adhib al-ba's. Ishfi anta shafi la shifa illa shifa'u ka shifa'an la yugadiru saqma. Allahumma fi li ahli al-kubur min al-muslimin wa al-muslimat wa al-mu'minin wa al-mu'minat. Irfa'alamu al-darajat wa kaffir anmu sayyati ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin nabi al-ummi wa ala ali wa sahabi wa barik wa sallim. Rabbil fir wa rahamu wa anta khayru al-rahimin. Jazakallah once again, shukran shaykh and uh, safe trip back to uh, Hasami Masjid inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And on that note, we're going to go for a break inshallah. When we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned on 91.3 FM.